0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Music for Education and Wellbeing podcast. Join us each month to hear ideas, inspiration and practical advice from people making change through music. These conversations are hosted by me, Anita Holford of Music Education Works and Writing Services. So I'll be focusing in particular on breaking down barriers to music through communication and advocacy, but from quite a broad perspective. I really hope you'll enjoy them. And now on with the show. Hello, it's Anita here and welcome to the latest podcast. In this episode, I'm talking with pioneering and award winning jazz musicians, educators and producers, Janine Irons and Gary Crosby, um, who together run the music education and professional development charity Tomorrow's Warriors. I don't really know where to start with telling you about all that they've both done, the accolades they've received and their many achievements from um, the Queen's Medal for Music to an OBE, an MBE. To working with people like Courtney Pine and bringing on artists like Soweto Kinch and Dennis Baptiste. So, I'm just going to suggest that if you don't already um, know them, that you check out their profiles on their websites or on Wikipedia and prepare to be blown away, as I am, that you've agreed to come on the podcast. So, thank you both so much and, and welcome to the podcast. Thank,
1: thank, thank you. Thank you for
0: having me. Yeah. <laughs> You're really welcome. I usually start these conversations by asking people how they ended up where they are today. I think in your cases, we'd need a whole program just to talk about that. So I wonder if you could tell me how you first got involved in music and how perhaps that's infol- informed what you do today with Jazz Warriors.
2: Um, Tomorrow's Worries, you mean? (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Tomorrow's Worries, I'm sorry, of course, because that's part of your history, isn't it? It Jazz Worries as well, so yeah. Um, Yes, I was uh, an integral part of that. My first encounter with music was 64. I woke up one morning and saw a guitar in my mum's kitchen. Uh, The guitar belonged to Ernest Wranglin, and it really starts there. It took a long time to get to becoming a full-time musician, but it, it starts there and all that encounters, all that is was required, you know, community, uh, lessons in the community centre, lessons from aunties, um, hanging out with other family members who played music. That was oh
0: great. lovely, so informal learning was, was the kind of start for you? Um,
2: yeah, I, I, I did private te- was it informal learning, was it? was was the start. It wasn't only the start. It was supposed to be the end, according <laughs> to Dad. You know, that's oh. what you do. You, know? you learn to play music in the family. You play it, you know, little function, round the whole, so this, that's it. They didn't understand the whole concept of professional musicians. And those that they did know, they would consider them. I can't remember the name they had for them. It's almost like you know wasters. You know what I
0: mean? Oh. That
2: in, yeah, that's how it was viewed. Um, these are working class people, uh, possibly, but it wasn't aggressive. It just wasn't really seen as a career. It wasn't seen as a
0: career. Yeah. You, you, Still not in many places, unfortunately, isn't, isn't it? I think many no. young people have yeah, that no. problem with their yeah, family. According my
2: dad can go and get a job.
0: I oh. think my,
1: mine was quite different because um, my parents were we were really keen to to get all of us playing music and and being involved in the arts in some way i mean it was partly about getting into a good school um, um you know we had the local grammar school and and my parents knew that you know by learning music it can also support your academic achievement i think so that was one thing but also you know my mother came from a quite artistic family as well so i learnt um, classical piano as a child from the age of seven and I also uh, took dancing lessons and all, all of that so um, yeah and I I continued learning for about nine years and you know won scholarships and had fantastic music teachers um, and then when I was about 16 I started Uh, singing lead vocal in a funk band which looking back on it was just so diverse I mean it was incredible this is long before anyone started talking about diversity we had everybody in there you know all sorts so that really was it was my journey into music and then my first office job was actually working for Boozy and Hawks and music publishers so again that and then that I suppose it brought me closer to the music and unfortunately it was um, the terrible pay in music that got me to get, go to the city in the end.
0: Oh, uh, really?
1: I, yeah. Well, I've, I've kind of come full circle, thankfully. You know, I'm, I'm so thankful <laughs> that I did. So no, but that, that's my musical background.
0: Ah, oh, so you both got quite different routes, progression routes sort of into music and, and and into the industry. Can you tell me about how you kind of came, well, how Tomorrow's Warriors came about and um, about what it is today and the change it wants to bring about.
2: It kind of starts with uh, me coming back from Jamaica. Uh, it would have been possibly 90 and then it didn't really get started until 91. Came back from Jamaica in 91 with the desire to do something that was, to do something for young black people that I knew who yeah. were playing music at the time, but had no opportunity. So I used my name and my contacts to to get a gig started for them to come and engage. And it really started just as a jam session. Down oh, the okay. It was just a place where we used to meet other artists from other disciplines, started to use the space. And um, it doesn't really become Tomorrow's Warriors until we meet Janine. We put structure.
0: Uh-huh.
2: So basically, how I put it was up until that time we were having fun. We were just <laughs> having fun. We were just jazz musicians having fun. And then we meet Janine and then it becomes work. <laughs> oh. But yeah, it's still fun, but Absolutely.
0: it's work. Amazing. And so what was that moment when you met Janine? How did that come about? It was actually like a, a gig, wasn't it? Yeah,
2: it was in a go- jazzing for Jamaica. And At I, the Union um, Chapel I politely, in I politely asked her if she was a photographer, and um, she responded in a very haughty and uh, how dare you even ask me that question?
1: <laughs> well, Anita, I did have a load of Nikon equipment but, around um, my neck. Oh, 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 no. <laughs> For me, it was pretty obvious, you know. No, it although, although, although your
2: insecurity. Although is.
1: I, I have to say, it was. Um, I was actually blagging my way as a professional photographer. There you go. Right. Um, because I was just there to test out my new camera equipment. But it seemed, um, you know, it was a, a great place to go, and you know, I'd heard Courtney Pine was going to be on the bill, and. You know and Gary's group Jazz Jamaica w- was there as well. he says that now was, Are you um, really none of that well, I know I didn't know who it was <laughs> you know it it was an opportunity for me to to get out and about and test my equipment. but once I saw the the groups and everything and heard the music, I mean, I was completely inspired and then um Gary took me along to his jam sessions at the jazz cafe and I was introduced to a whole world of fantastic young black musicians who I knew nothing about, you know, there was no visibility of of these young musicians and I couldn't understand why. And essentially they needed some some help, you know, to to make them visible. So I think Gary and I started working together and eventually became uh, life and business partners. But the idea really was to, not only get more black musicians and then later uh, more women but it was to make sure that they were getting access to the best learning and professional opportunities that jazz and the wider industry had to offer and also you know sort of leveling the playing field Mm. for everybody you know because it it clearly wasn't level uh, back then i mean it's still not particularly level now but it's better so tomorrow's warriors really set about opening up those opportunities and and making sure that those with talent um whether or not they had the money or other resources um had an opportunity to develop that talent you know to nurture their talent and then find a pathway into the industry and and then build um sustainable successful careers in music
2: that was the hope plan to put a, a much simpler way we just really wanted to we love this music and we love the culture around it and we wanted to d- diversify it you know make it open for everybody mm. increase the audiences tell the whole world about this great art form
0: and thank goodness for organizations oh. like yours and you've been doing amazing work over 30 years now I understand it's your 30th oh. birthday this, this year. year yes oh, my goodness, goodness. wow <laughs> so when we I just wanted to say that when we talk about jazz, as with any genre, really, we often have particular views shaped by our own experiences and often they're a little bit narrow. And actually looking on your website, I can see that, you know, what you mean by jazz in Tomorrow's Warriors is really quite broad. So I wonder mm. if you could just tell me a little bit about the work of um, of Tomorrow's Warriors, what you actually do, um, and also what sort of areas of music, genres of music you, you cover.
1: Well, I suppose in the broadest sense, it, it's about... Young young musicians yeah. who, who love music and want to, to learn about the music uh, and participate uh, come together, you know, into this wider community, really, and, and learn jazz together. But it, it's not just a learning program. It is about finding a way to finding a pathway into the music industry. Um, and we take them, we say from the cradle to the stage, really. So, you know, they come to us aged around 11. Some can start later on in the program. I mean, it's very flexible, but you can start, you know, from 11 years old and carry on through all the way to the professional. There, there is a definite pathway there, but it's also about becoming part of a community. I mean, the community is really important at Tomorrow's Warriors. You know, it's not just about turning up, doing the session and going away. It's about turning up and then supporting your fellow musicians, uh, learning about the music, contributing to the music, helping to develop the music, and then supporting each other as, as you become um, as you grow and you become professional, and then you, you then start to employ other musicians and grow that community, building audiences. It's it's not, as I say, it's not just about learning, it is about
2: growing in that community yeah it's about engagement with your peers, similar mm. age i mean the one thing that we could theorize how we've done it why we've done it uh, we've done it on the job on the day mm-hmm. and we can now look back and, and put all of the the technical reasons why it happened but yeah. the real reason why it happened it comes from the heart mm-hmm. it comes from love mm. that's where it comes from and then uh each week you have a different reason why you want to do it and why you <laughs> want to do it. But because the basics are there and the one thing that we don't talk about but we know is what makes Tomorrow's Warriors different is that we allow magic to flow. Mm. You see, once you stop magic flowing, then you're not getting art. What you're getting, you're getting the, the feelings or the, the beliefs of the teachers or the beliefs of the curriculum because mm. the magic has gone. What we... what I Particularly, did in the basement of the South Bank and the spice of life was allow whatever experience I had, I would only use it when I felt it was needed. Otherwise, I, w- I was an observer or a participant. I wanted to hear what Nathaniel Cross or Nathaniel Facey could bring into that room to speak to people that were closer to them in age that would infuse them, mm-hmm. that would get them. know it's not what I say because if I go in the room as somebody older than their father (laughs) that's 50% of a battle there already. (laughs) Yeah. Age difference and who you represent. Um, That's a problem. When you go to a youth club, you know, to play football, netball, and that the last person you want to see there is your parents. And that's how you develop that's how we used to develop boxing skills. You go into a a room with other youngsters who wanted to do it. And that's how I treated um, Mm. passing on the education. The idea that we're an education program still gripes me because we're a facilitator. Mm. You know, we work with other education bodies. I love that. You know, the idea that I would classify myself as a teacher for somebody who's already studying with Simon Purcell at Trinity is confusion. You know, yeah. I'm teaching him, Simon Purcell's teaching him, that's not it. We're all contributing to the development of a, of a young artist developing. Very much like the African, parents have the children, the whole village grows the children, mm. you know what I mean? Yeah, and it takes in, a village. And in arts, that's what's needed. Like a, a talented family, a talented father and mother, regardless of how talented they are, could not turn their child into a musician, Without the framework for that child to go to classes um, with other youth bands and so on and so forth to develop those skills.
1: Mm. Yeah, the musicians have described tomorrow's warriors as like a youth club for musicians. Yeah, so it's where you know like g- very often Gary would just sort of tell them to come along to the violet room, which is in the basement at the South Bank. C- just come, you know, and and hang out, and then he sort of you know d- mm. it wasn't all about it wasn't formal teaching of any no. description, really. And I, I, I often think of it as.
2: It's jazz it's, teaching. Yeah, yeah, it's jazz. Yeah, it's jazz. <laughs> it's jazz. I taught, jazz. Jazz. You know, I taught the same way that I learned from George Lee and Loro. you know, that I learned from African musicians. You learn on the job. Yeah. If you got it wrong this week, you better get it right next week. Come next week and you still haven't learnt that dominant scale. <laughs> All right, we're going to get on you.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so the the idea of jazz education, it just has so many similarities to the kind of inclusive um, music movement that's happening, really, that well has been happening for years. It's sort of spreading more through formal education in, in the UK, thanks to initiatives like the Alliance for Music yeah. Inclusive England. And it's, mm-hmm. it's the thing about young people's creativity, central, informal learning. Yeah. The teachers aren't teachers, they're simply facilitators. Well, not simply, mm-hmm. but they are facilitators, which really crucial isn't it to that that kind of bringing out a young person's creativity rather than forcing in creativity so very often
1: say um you've got a saying where it's um where it's allowing the young people to discover the magic of jazz for themselves mm-hmm. so we just create uh, the conditions and the, the
2: environment for it and guide, and know, know, we, guide you know, we help them in lessons or we find and sort of uh, help lead them to that discovery. We, we bring in master, mm. master classes of, if we realize that, that something's missing. Um, so, we must allow them to discover the magic. Also, um, the, the te- my teacher, my bass teacher, was the first, he started the first jazz course in Britain. Ah. So, obviously, some of his thinking has come through as well. Um, I also studied with John Stevens. Um, I didn't study, I used to play with John Stevens.
0: Amazing.
2: I used to fight with John Stevens. <laughs> oh. it, you know, it's, uh, but um, that whole approach, that new approach to, to teaching, which didn't come from the a and Music Board or something like that, it comes from the jazz way of thinking, you know, it was around me anyway, you know.
0: Can you explain for people listening who might not know who John, John Stevens is?
2: John Stevens was a, a, a jazz drummer. In the 60s, in you know, he was also uh, an avant-garde jazz drummer and he could play any style of jazz as he wanted. He played in, I think he played with John Martin and he played in some rock groups in the 60s as well. But then he went on to be part of community music, which had a big effect on how education, music education has developed in, in, in the country over the last, they must be about 40 years old.
0: Absolutely, so that's community music. It's the organisation based in London, but it's it kind of spawned be. so many it's other organisations, hasn't
2: it? I used to play with John in his more um, progressive one of his more progressive groups, and um, I learned a lot from being around it. And I also learned that there are people in the jazz world that um, want to change things and, and they've tried in the past and that they are the ones that are, are showing us how it's done. Not deliberately saying this is how it's done, but you can just look at their experiences and what they've put in in the past as well, and seeing what has worked and what hasn't. What has worked and what has failed. So working with John was 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 important as well for me. Yeah,
0: that's amazing. I can see how that's That's, informed the way you approach
2: what you do. Uh, Every now and again, I get these sad feelings because could you imagine if that man was still alive?
0: Mm -hmm, Yeah
2: what he could add to what we've done already in terms of just being there just coming down to a gig and hanging out with um the youngsters
0: oh wow that would be
2: amazing man too you know he came from very similar backgrounds to a lot of those young kids i think he was a south londoner so you know he spoke the language
0: oh that's fantastic to know you work with him at the moment currently with tomorrow's warriors can you sort of give me an idea of how a young person sort of progresses do you what you do what's on offer I know you do ensembles I know you do work in schools I know you do artist development and and give performance opportunities so can you just in a nutshell kind of describe what it is what the offer is for young people
1: well you've kind of summarized it oh, right. okay okay <laughs> um, they can come in I say from the age of 11 officially it's 11 to 25. Um, Although we do flex around that depending on the ability of the musicians, certainly at the younger end, and, you know, the needs of musicians as they progress through the programme and and as they um, start out in their early careers. So we have, uh, under normal circumstances, we'd be at the South Bank Centre every week, all over the weekend and some um, classes during the week, um, where they can come, it's a two or three hour session um, with a music leader who invariably will be somebody who has developed themselves through the Tomorrow's Warriors programme, and it will be a practising musician. And they'll, they'll learn all kinds of things about jazz. They'll get to learn to improvise. Uh, they'll learn about the four different forms. And they'll get to play together, you know. And that's, I suppose, where the start of building that community within their own class group, session group, Um, that's where it all starts. So beyond that, we then have our flagship ensembles where young people are invited to join one of our ensembles and those will be youngsters who are getting access to plenty of performance opportunities, Um, although all the youngsters have opportunities to play. And then as they progress, they'll then move up. You know, so you'll start in, say, the Junior Warriors and then progress to the uh, Youth Development Group um, and then the Advanced Development Group. And we have Junior Band. We've got the Youth Ensemble. We've got a Soon Come Youth Orchestra. Um, We also have a special uh, session for uh, uh, girls and young women. So it's the Female Collective. And we set that up when we started at the South Bank really, because we had a number of uh, female musicians who were coming along. And as you'll know, it's um, it can be quite daunting playing with a, a room of guys or a stage full of guys, all that testosterone flying about and So we felt we needed a session that was just for the girls where they could support each other, they could build their chops up, build up their confidence and then go back into those sessions where they can then hold their own because technically they're just as good. And so in many cases, it was just a matter of building their confidence. So that's been really successful. And out of that, you've had groups like Neria, for example, and Coco Roco and female-led ensembles coming out of that. I think that's about it really, isn't it? I mean, we do do all kinds of performances, whether it's from a a cafe or bar, a church, a community centre, all the way up to main stages, you know, Glastonbury or Royal Festival Hall, or any of those. And I suppose the objective is to give them as wide an experience, as broad an experience as possible to equip them so they're ready when they enter the profession. They're also very much encouraged to um, compose, to create their own music, to share that music.
2: Not by um, me. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: That's again. central, isn't it, to jazz, is, is that creation of their own music. Yes, yeah. no, well, to
2: express not, themselves, to express themselves. Well, yeah, it is. no. <laughs> no, I don't see it as central to, to jazz music at all. It's central if you want to be a jazz leader or a jazz composer. Mm. But what's really central to jazz music is that one thing that nobody in, the, in today's present music or the last 50 years really want to do, which is to play the standards and oh, learn okay. and the techniques of the standards. Mm. Those are the things that make you become a jazz musician. Learning to play Frank Sinatra songs and interpret it in your own way. That's how you become mm. a jazz musician because um, those principles that run through those songs are plentiful you know practically mm. every song has it whereas when you're composing yourself you can do what you like you but it's, I mean?
1: it's not composing without having the foundations, so, yes. though, is it so yes. you have to obviously yeah. we, we we try and sort of embed <laughs> yeah. you know um
2: the basic skills the, the, yeah. that are needed so the, the need the basic skills to, to play something like jazz may be that you have to learn how to play your eighth. Properly. It could be 32 bars of eights that are required. You're not going to get that from composing your own music.
0: Yeah, I suppose yeah, maybe I'm com- I'm confusing composing with yeah. actually improvising yeah. and then taking ah, it on further. It. So, it. yeah, I'm probably not using my definition. Improvising,
2: improvising is spontaneous composing. Yes. The and there are many great things you can learn from it, but those are not the things that you're going to use to educate somebody else because. If it's made up on the spot that, that's what it is you know that's its real value
0: yes interesting uh, if
2: you use some of the the techniques that um people have developed using charlie parker's techniques then that can be passed on to any generation any group of people it can be explained
0: yeah, so yeah. you do a lot of work in London, do, do you, and if you've done work outside London quite a fair bit, oh, I yeah. know you've worked with Luton a Music Hub, yeah. just sort yeah. of interested to hear a little bit about the, the work you've done nationally, and also a lot of the people who listen uh, are people sort of based all over the UK, and just sort of interested in, to, to know if you are open for partnerships and things like that, and for, for going to other places in the UK to work with young people.
1: Oh, definitely. Um, We have um, what we call the Tomorrow's Warriors Partnership Network. And that's um, a range of different partners from music hubs to promoters to venues, schools and community groups. And um, over the past few years, we've been doing uh, what we call the ticket programme, which is uh, we had the jazz ticket um, some years ago that celebrated was it five or six, jazz icons who were celebrating their centenary, where we went to, I think it was eight or nine cities, and worked with six schools in each city, um, where we were teaching them, you know, tunes by a jazz icon, which they then got to perform as the opening set to our new civilization orchestra, which is our professional orchestra. So they got to engage with our music leaders, get a taste of um, the kind of I say teaching but use that very softly yes yeah, yeah. So the stories warriors pedagogy I suppose and yeah so it was in, including young people from the local area and we also focused on schools that had uh, a higher proportion of young people from disadvantaged backgrounds or that had higher proportions of black kids to make sure that we were reaching the people that we were set up to support
0: yes. so um th-
1: that was really important to us and then we also did um the reggae ticket which was so that was jazz jamaica all-stars which is um gary's professional ensemble so that's a th- what 22 to 35 piece scar and plus, reggae and jazz orchestra plus local choir yeah and oh. so we were building local choirs so we had everything from like 20 or 30 people up to 240 uh, singers. And uh, we also worked with local community groups. So they had their amateur ensembles who would then learn some of the repertoire and then they would open for Jazz Jamaica All Stars in you know, the concert halls in their area. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way to, to bring together different stakeholders in each of the cities yeah, yeah. you know so different that generations. That, yeah so we have an intergenerational
2: um experience because we would we I, I suppose it always leads back to what we believe in the beginning that that art will tame the beast in man uh, that's what we're concerned with you know is spreading as much art out there as possible so we uh, do lots of stuff with community groups in uh, bristol birmingham and engage with them on projects that they're involved with, projects we're involved in, And it goes beyond that because in those cities, there may be education department may get involved as well. Mm. Um, it's
0: That's brilliant, course, and are you still doing that? Great oh planning. yeah.
2: Mm. It's all of Janine's great planning that has allowed how this to happen. But at the root of it all, is
0: love yeah, absolutely <laughs> yeah. that comes through all of your videos and the response to the, from the audience, the young people that you've worked worked with on that jazz ticket program, and then the parents as well at the end of the performances yeah. is just lovely, um, and that's why that I was really excited to see part. that. That
2: is the best part.
0: It, it really <sighs> is the
1: best part when you see these young people just joyful and joyous, you know, at having taken part in this and been part of it and felt that sense of community with their peers mm. you know and also seeing parents transformed you know the, yeah. there are lots of lovely um comments that you hear from the parents afterwards like you know oh I never thought about going to a jazz concert but yes. now I'm going to go jazz all the I loved time. I
0: that that was brilliant yeah. that one woman who said that <laughs> she's
2: going to yeah. be a jazz fan now
0: that's
2: brilliant. Yeah. and then you know
0: it? and when you see
1: the kids who are so shy at the beginning of a session, you know, and then you see them soloing on a main stage and they come away thinking, wow, I'm so proud of myself, you know, and I, you know, just instill such confidence in them, which will, it's a lifelong thing, you know, that is going to stay with them forever. And it will boost their confidence when they get to do other things that they feel are a challenge. So it's, um, mean, it really
0: it's, it's such a transformational thing, you know. Uh, when one of the young women was talking about improvisation and I know that there's, you know, a lot of young uh, musicians don't get the chance to do that and it's really scary <laughs> for them, isn't it? It's is um, terrifying. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs>
0: yeah, and she clearly was amazed that she'd found that skill in herself. Yeah. through,
2: through yeah, what you that's right. It takes time anyway, you know. Um, have, by having the sessions at the South Bank, you don't have to pay to come in. Uh, yeah. I think that's an important aspect. That's so important. It means- oh, okay. Brilliant, the, I didn't realise that. Yeah, nobody has to pay. Well, if they had to pay, then we'd have very few of the, the working-class kids uh, that we exactly. really need to make the whole community work, because yeah. that's what it is we've got. We've got people from Eton right down to in the ghetto. All right, and, and yeah. that's what makes the whole family work. Yeah. Um, when we're actually working together in the room, everyone's equal, everyone's equal because the music is the only superior thing in the room at that moment. Uh, I generally say to people that um, you don't know anything until you come into this room and you listen to Charlie Parker and then you can prove to me that you can actually do this process. I'm not saying you have to go on stage and play this process, but you have to show me that you can play all your eighth notes. You can play all your, uh, your broken chords and make music with it. Mm. And you can just play the blues mm. and make people happy.
1: Um, and it doesn't matter where you come from. Matter, <laughs> you know. It yeah. Yeah. You it's the, not about where you
2: come it's from. It's a process. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. a, it's a scientific process. Mm. Because it comes from the, the Black community of America, nobody's ever actually said it's actually a scientific process mm. involved here. You know, you're having to crunch numbers. You're having to crunch a harmony. You've been given a five or a six-note chord, and somehow you've got to find a line that goes through it. That members in the audience won't say he doesn't know what he's doing. Or
0: he's <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an amazing that, skill.
2: That's the amazing skill. But um, well. Just go and listen to Oscar Peterson. This is not a joke.
0: What do you think about the the sort of presence of opportunities in jazz for young people sort of across the UK, generally in music education? Do you think it's changed since you started? Do you think it's it's better? Yeah. And also routes from from school into industry for, for jazz musicians? Or are there still barriers there? I think it's
1: definitely better than it used to be. Yeah, there's, you
0: a,
2: know, there's an economy there now. Yeah. So obviously once there's an economy, then... Um, more people come to it yeah, <laughs> you know and, and the, will people want to invest in it that's yeah. that's the, the key um of but, course there's barriers because it's an art music oh. so there's bound to be barriers you know
1: I, d- uh, I think that there obviously the, the obvious barriers still exist the first is like money I mean it costs yeah. a lot to yes, to, to produce a musician and whilst there are grants and things like that it's not easy and I think just having to apply for a grant can be a barrier yeah. For for some people. And that's why we insist on making it completely free. There's no means testing or anything. You know, and I'm sure there are there will be people on our program who can afford to pay. I mean, you know, we try and convert those into donors, hopefully. Yeah. But it's it's really important that there, you remove those barriers, yeah. and money is a, a big one. And particularly after COVID, it's going to be yeah, yeah. even bigger because there's going to be less money about for art in schools and, um, you know, for free music lessons and things like that. It's going to be who
2: and, yeah, with... parents
1: who are struggling, yeah, parents who are struggling, you know. I mean, yeah. I'd I, I really feel for for any parent that is having to do more than one job just to to stay afloat, and then you're asking them to pay for music lessons. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not going to happen. Keeping food on the table and keeping a roof over the head is what's mm-hmm. in, important at that moment. And yet, you may have a, a child that's got a serious talent. Why should why should they face barriers like that?
0: Young well, people can come through your program completely without having to have paid anything. Different. Yeah, you amazing. can have. Uh,
1: I think it's up to 14 or 15 years of free jazz education on our wow. programme. You know, if you start at 11 and you keep going until you're 25. As I say, we still go beyond 25 because we still work with musicians as professional artists as well. Yeah. And we've got our, our new Civilization orchestra, which is uh, really a great pathway for some of these musicians. But it's also a, um, a professional orchestra that serves to inspire the younger generation and those coming after them. Yeah, yeah and up. it's so important um, to
0: see that, isn't it? Sorry, mm,
1: Gary. Definitely. You know, it's creating those those role models. You gotta mm. you can't be it if you can't see it. Our new civilization orchestra really embodies what Tomorrow's Warriors is about when it comes to inclusion and diversity. You know, we we make sure We've got a 50-50 balance as far as possible in terms of male and female musicians and also in terms of ethnicity as well. We want to make sure that we, we're seen to be what can we I, say can I, we are. Yeah,
2: can, I, can I balance in there? You can I, I think Janine's <laughs> over-exaggerating that point. We don't have to make sure. That's how it's happened. That's how it works. The reason why yeah. that girl is the lead trumpeter in the band is because she's the best. Yeah. It Ain't got nothing to do with she's a girl or she's whatever. She was suggested to me by the best, and said, "Well, I can't do the gig. This is the best student I've I've ever had." And I, I suppose we weren't surprised. We we were gladly happy mm. when we saw Rebecca come. Yeah, and then when we heard her play. I don't think we ever phone Neil back again. I don't think yeah you better go and get a job. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, I, I suppose that the
1: point so, we're making really is that we don't we don't just say we do diversity. I mean we do it. We just do it. And, <laughs> yes. and yeah. when when people ask about can you teach us how to be diverse? You can't, you just have to be it. And that comes from who you are. And you who know, you trust.
2: And you know, and who you want to be, really. Yeah. We we trust also. Some of those people that we've chosen because some of them were young mm. Peter Edwards mm. standing in front of an orchestra at the Royal Albert Hall when we met him we didn't even know he was a musician yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was even frightened to tell me he was a musician mm. and oh there he, goodness what 10 years after was it no no it must, more than that it's more, more than ahead. that because he came in but you know
1: you know a couple was, of years ago there he was in front of, leading an orchestra at the proms in the Royal mm. Albert Hall so, it wasn't um, a
2: community-based uh, reason why he done it. he done it based on the fact that he's one of the best mm, in the country now. You know, he's now. got the skills. He's got the skills.
1: And I think if we can be arming these young people with it's those true. skills, yes. then they can access those opportunities. They can get there. They can be successful. They can be the musicians they want to be. I suppose it, it's about facilitating them to... Um, achieve their creative ambition their artistic ambitions
2: and, and and also it's about them but it's also about what we want to see because mm. there are times where um, we needed as Janine said we needed a, a publishing company all right mm. well we start one yeah you know we needed uh, whatever we start one it's the same with you know we needed a, a conductor mm. who couldn't conduct jazz classical music so we helped build one because we, we found somebody that had that, that, that quality and we spent time and and supported him that that's that's how it's done oh that's how we've done it yeah i don't know whether others can do i suppose it it's
1: way. it's being responsive to the musicians needs yeah you know and whatever Whatever step was needed, you know, we needed to take next to move the young person up to the next level. We tried to put in, you know, that next rung in the ladder. If it wasn't there already, we tried to create the rung. And
2: we've never, we've never felt anything we've done hasn't fit in with what really we wanted to achieve. I. Mm, I. Mm. We've kept our integrity mm, and, and our respect.
1: Yeah, and it's authentic. It's authentic, yeah. The word I
0: was on the tip of my tongue, absolutely, yeah. I mean, it
1: it does make me laugh sometimes, you know, because we're a national portfolio organisation of Arts Council, and, you know, you have to show (laughs) that you've got all these policies and procedures and whatever in place. And, of course, we do, you know, as an organisation, we have to. But the fact that we have to (laughs) create a diversity and inclusion policy is kind of alien because it's like... But doesn't isn't this just natural isn't this just what you do but actually it's not and, and that's the shame yes. and as long as that's the case then there will always be a place for organizations like tomorrow's warriors i mean really uh the aim must be that we don't need to exist but right now we, we,
2: we do <laughs> still need yeah that uh, it's not as scary as how it sounds anita because no. we do other things mm. Of, of of a high level too. Yeah. That you know, as Janine mentioned, the new civil civilization orchestra, that will have a, a role in, in the cultural life of Europe, we hope forever. Yeah. You know, to show a band with which three out of four section leaders are females. Yeah. Um there's not many bands that can actually are going to have that, you know.
1: That, that's the thing too the right it's um person. it's not just about putting a you know a, a woman there just or for the sake of it or it's, a black
2: person. It's the right they, person they
1: need to be able to do the job yes. you know so it is a meritocracy still but we just make you know sometimes we, we have to make choices yeah we have to make choices and as we always have to be true to our charitable objectives and you know and to why we set it up in the first place to our yeah. ethos
0: yeah, and, and that sort of um, shines through everything that I've read about you and any videos I've watched, your sort of strong values and the authenticity of the organisation just absolutely shines through. So, I mean, you've achieved absolutely loads in 30 years and it is your anniversary this year. What do you want to achieve next? Um, I suppose what change would you like to see in the next, I don't know, few years? I won't say 30 years. That's sort of, whoa, <laughs> I'm going to think ahead to that, but...
1: Well, I mean, my first one would be I'd I'd like to see tomorrow's warriors and similar organisations better resourced.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: we we deliver an awful mm. lot. We, we do an awful lot on very little, but it's getting harder. You know, and I th- I think there are more. Uh, young people who are just craving the opportunity to learn music. We've got um, a waiting list of over 100 people at the moment, which is kind of crazy. And we need to find a way to be able to to support those young people. So I would like to be able to grow our programme, definitely. And I think I'd also like to see even more opportunities for performances and for getting around the country as well, you know, about sharing and building audiences. Definitely want to grow the audience for jazz. I mean, it's grown um, exponentially, but um, especially over the past few years with the success of um, our alumni. But yeah, I I think more opportunities for young people to
2: see music as a career
1: path, a sustainable career. Yeah, what would you
2: say, Gary? I would say for me, because I'm totally confident of how you are handling the the Tomorrow's (laughs) Warriors. And it will carry on. Uh, It will carry on until you stop. But it's more on the the artistic side, the high-level artistic uh, side. For me, if the the New Civilization Orchestra will live after us, and its principles, we hope, will filter through to other orchestras who see the, the benefit of 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 following our techniques. Mm. And hopefully those benefits will be more female section leaders, more cross collaborations between jazz musicians and and classical musicians. That's another thing we've brought into that orchestra. Mm. Um, Mm,
0: Interesting.
2: Yeah. cross art forms. And cross art forms as well. We we work with Claude Ensemble. (laughs) So it all leads back to where we started, you know, um, it's about love, but it's also about the art more than religion, more than politics is going to solve man's problems. Art is going to tame the beast in man somehow.
0: That's an amazing note to end on, I think, and I'm really sorry we have to end because I'd love to talk to you more. I've got so many more questions. It's been such a pleasure talking to you both because I've um, heard so much about you before and it's amazing to hear it's your 30th year today and more power to you. May you carry on for many, many more years and produce many more wonderful musicians because they're all... great you are
2: young. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yes, of course. You must have done. You must have been a child child educators <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you so much for coming on it's been lovely to meet you thank
1: you Anita it's been thank good you, to meet Anita. you too thank Aww. you All right. thanks Have take care nice. now
0: that's the end of our show this time thank you for listening to the music for education and Wellbeing podcast and make sure to subscribe so that you get to hear about future episodes If you'd like to be on the podcast or you'd like to know more about me and how I help music and creative organisations through communications, then visit writing-services.co.uk and get in touch. Thanks for listening and have a great week.